Welcome to PodRocket, a web development podcast brought to you by LogRocket. LogRocket helps software teams improve user experience with session replay, error tracking, and product analytics. You can try it for free at LogRocket.com. I'm Noel, and today we have True Narla returning. She's a software engineer at Discord and a web development content creator on Twitch, just around the internet. She's here to talk about her React Summit talk, Should You Use React in 2023? Welcome back, True. Thank you so much, Noel. I'm excited to chat today. Uh, As of recording, I haven't seen this talk yet. It hasn't been released, but I've got some questions around it and what you're going to cover and stuff. So we'll just delve in. Um, But before we do, can you give us a bit of your background, what you've been working on lately? Yeah. So my name is True. I've been mostly a front-end developer for about four years now out of college. And I'm a software engineer for work, but I do a lot of content on the side. And that's mostly programming content. So I started streaming on Twitch about two, three years ago now, and then it's just been kind of going on to all other social media stuff too. So like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all that. Nice. Is it difficult to create software-related content on those shorter form platforms? It's so interesting. I've been talking to a lot of people that do content, and they find it harder to do shorter form than long form, and I'm the complete opposite. I actually find it much easier to like condense something into a shorter amount of time and make it vertical than do like long form YouTube videos or something. But it's not that hard. I actually prefer that. I think I just like use TikTok a lot more than a lot of people do. So I just know the memes and all that. So it's a little easier. Like I've seen them and stuff and I'm always impressed at how succinctly people can convey information and stuff. It's always just, man, this is wild to me. My brain doesn't work that way. It's well done, but I could never put something together in that form. So I'm always impressed. Oh, thank you. It's really scripted. It's not like off the top of my head. So it, that helps. Sometimes it comes off scripted, but I try to make it more casual. Even with that in mind, it's still just like very impressive in how quickly info can be conveyed. But yeah, let's get into the talk a little bit. So it's titled, Should You Use React in 2023? What made you title it that way and focus on this framework decision at this point? Yeah, I wanted to pick a talk that wasn't too technical. So something that wasn't going to be like, let's look at code and talk about it. So I was thinking like overarchingly what I could talk about. There's like two options for this talk. One was like, should you use React in 2023? And one was, should you use GraphQL in 2023? Which would have been way more technical. But I just thought it'd be interesting because on Twitter, I've noticed there's a lot of new frameworks that are popping up that are different. SolidJS, there's like Vue, there's Angular with all their new stuff to Svelte. There's so many different things. And people keep talking about like how React is dying. And so I wanted to take like a approach at this question and frame it more like there's not like an answer, but what are some ways you can decide on using React over anything else? And like methods of thinking about it, because I think a lot of times people just give you a definitive yes or no versus giving you ways to formulate your own opinion. So I was trying to move that talk in that direction. So that's the idea behind it. I think that's a beneficial kind of area to delve into. I guess, what are the high level decision factors that people might take into account when looking at React today? So we talked, I think, a lot about like, how comfortable are people on your team using React? So how familiar is the team? That's like a big thing for when you're picking a framework. The second thing was like performance. There's like key metrics that you're interested in. So let's say you're building a website and you're thing you really want is like speed. (laughs) Maybe there's another framework that's better for that. Like you don't maybe don't need all of what React has to offer, stuff like that. How long have you been in the front end space and using React specifically? 
I was forced to be a web dev when I interned at Uber in 2015. And I say forced because I wanted to be an iOS developer. <laughs> I actually wanted, I was really into Objective-C and making iOS apps. And I thought that was super fun, but they didn't have a project like that at the time. So I was on a React project. And I don't even think we used TypeScript back then. I don't remember what it was, but I had to learn JavaScript with React and it was just one of the worst. I did not enjoy it at all. But since then, I've been more focused, more on front end. And so it's been like, I think, I'd say like five years, give or take. If you could give us a synopsis, how has React changed in the last five years, at least from your perspective? Yeah, I think the big thing was the shift from class components to function component or like all the hook stuff. Because I remember writing should component something, right? Some methods like that, trying to figure out when it should re-render or update. Right. And then it was all shifting to use effect, use state. And so that was like a weird thing for my brain to get adjusted to writing stuff in that way. But I like the new way so much more. I love hooks. I'm like all about the hooks now. But that was a big thing I think that changed for me. Also the shift from no types to TypeScript. I forgot what I used before. I was still in college, I think. But the shift to TypeScript was also really cool. Helped a lot, I think, with learning. I think people get it in their head a lot that it's, oh, do I have to learn JavaScript and then TypeScript? And I feel like they think overthink the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I think like the pervasiveness of TypeScript has kind of just impacted the whole ecosystem pretty radically and like tools that are well suited to leverage all of the like TypeScript abstractions are big. I feel like to your point before of the new stuff in React being interesting and like hooks in general, they've been around for a while, but the new React docs are like a more recent development. I feel like there's a lot just changing in the space. Vue went through this kind of thing with the uh, components versus uh, op composition and options. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that kind of maybe scared some people away or at least made it a little bit difficult for new devs to get into Vue at the time because they Google stuff and it would maybe be relevant to what they were trying to do. Maybe they wouldn't based on what they were using. I had a hunch a lot of people when they were first getting involved didn't even really know what they were using. Do you feel like we're in that state with React now or do you think that the cutover has been cleaner because hooks were out for a while then the docs have changed and it's been smoother? So yeah, I'm going to be honest. When I was first learning hooks, I had Jordan who was supposed to join us. He helped me through it. So I had like a tutor next to me. That was really nice. But apart from that, I did find it really hard to find all the information I would need to learn properly. And the docs are really good. The new beta docs. I remember reading them when they were the beta ones right, and right. they help a lot. Like I use UseEffect so much now, like I understand it a lot more, but it helped me understand it at a very like throughout just knowing it from the bottom up and it's written really well and they have mm -hmm. examples that like demonstrate specific parts of different hooks and that was also super useful to actually see the code and see how it executes and there's the thing with the double render and dev mode all that like it shows all that yeah. so it's not confusing so i really like the new docs i'm really glad they'll have those because yeah prior to that it was just like trying to find resources from all over i remember like what medium articles or something just anything there and say something but I love the new push to like more educational content. I think that's really useful for people. Do you think it's easier for people to get into React now? Or do you think it was easier five years ago when you were getting into it? Honestly, I would say it's easier now. I just think there's so much more out there for people to use to learn. There's so many more video courses, free ones too. A lot more like blogs. There's just so much that I see on Twitter. There's like people posting their new React course every other week. I feel like it's a really good time to start learning. Um, I'm also like more involved in the space. So maybe that's why I'm maybe biased towards seeing a lot more of this, but 
for me, it feels like it's easier now. It can be hard to step out once you're so far in. It's like the perspective is hard. Do you find yourself using React basically exclusively as a front-end framework whenever you're like starting new projects or if happen to be starting projects anymore? Or have you branched out at all and then come back to React? Or what's that look like for you? Yeah, for sure. So at work mostly, um, it's been React. One thing was at Square, we actually were a Ruby on Rails application and we have a templating system to do all the front-end. So one of the projects I was on at Square was to figure out like if we should shift towards a front-end framework, a JavaScript front-end framework and not rely on Ruby on Rails. So that was a cool project. I got to do research into like performance of things like they wanted Preact or something versus React, but so Preact, uh, Svelte. And so we ended up using Svelte there. So that was really cool to like start a whole Svelte project at a big company like Square. Yeah. But most of the time I kind of default to React, mostly because I don't want to focus on learning. I kind of want to focus on building and it's just what I'm used to. So that's why I pick it. But today I was actually streaming and I looked at solid JS code. Mm -hmm. That was really cool. <laughs> I think it's like really fun to look at and learn new frameworks in small contexts if you're working on small projects that don't really need to see production. Like I think it's fine to explore and have fun. But most of the time I've been defaulting to React. I think there's use cases though for specific other frameworks, but yeah. That's all an interesting one to call out. We've had Ryan Coronado, I think I'm saying that right, on a few times. He's always super fun to talk to. A lot of thoughts and opinions and, and it's fun. And I'm kind of the same way though. I like when I'm starting a new project, if I know it's going to be like more of a toy app, I'm almost more tempted to like reach for something new that I haven't done because I have a path for the difficult bits of this. I know how it's going to work. So like my learning part of this experience could be playing with a new framework. That's how I get those figured out and I learn the most effectively. But I'm curious then when you go into these new frameworks and are exploring them, are you typically looking at them like from the lens of when would I recommend this to someone versus recommend this to somebody else? Or are you purely looking at like the application of that framework to get work done? I'm such a bad person to answer this question. For me, it's mostly just like for fun. I don't really have a need to recommend it to people. For when I stream, it's mostly for me to learn and see what use cases I could do. So further down the line, right? So I use Astro ones. And I was like, oh, Astro would be really cool for something like a portfolio website, something that's very small, minimal, and I mm -hmm. don't need something like React to do that. And I can also write components in React for it if I want, yeah. stuff like that. And I think <laughs> I think people like Jordan who are tech leads, what they do is they like look through all these different frameworks and they wanna pick for their company, like they're building like some app. They're like, what, what do we wanna choose for this? They'll look at all the other different things like how the dev stuff experience would be like working in these frameworks. For Svelte, I did a little bit of in-depth look into that too, to see how they use things like slots and how the- yeah. It's hard not to as Svelte. Like Svelte is so opinionated, you have to, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But like today when I was looking at Solid, it was just for fun and it was like wacky. There was a part where there was like switch blocks and inside you have like the matching cases. I was like, this is so different yeah. than what I'm used to. So it's just really cool to like just see, um, but yeah. <laughs> hey, just taking a quick pause here to read an ad for LogRocket. LogRocket offers session replay, issue tracking, and product analytics to help you quickly surface and solve impactful issues affecting your user experience. With LogRocket, you can find and solve issues faster, improve conversion and adoption, and spend more time building a better product. You can try it for free at LogRocket.com. You mentioned before, like some of the things you talk about that you help you steer people one way or the other, the things that you tell them to make that decision on. When someone new or newer is coming into web dev either they're like an experienced dev not they haven't been in like the front end space or they're like getting into dev for the first time and this is how they're doing it do you almost always exclusively recommend react to them or are there cases where you don't 
I was asked this question during the talk too. Is there like places where React kind of fails and that you'd recommend something else? And I really couldn't think of anything specific. Yeah. For me, yeah, I've mostly been recommending React. It's just, I've been actually previously, I think a lot of when I was first streaming, I learned Svelte and I really like Svelte. So I was recommending Svelte for new people too, because it just felt like less overhead than React sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like less code to look at. So I thought maybe that'd be a thing, but a lot of people asking me are people trying to find jobs. And so with the amount of React jobs out there, it just seems the right answer to give is to start with the React and then, mm -hmm. you know, you have time to learn something else. But I have been defaulting to React. <laughs> I feel like if the goal is for people to get hired, is there a reason you don't point them towards Angular anymore? Because I feel like there's still a lot of like Angular jobs out there. And it's probably one of those, if you want the shortest path on a front end to a high paying front end web, like Angular might be the quickest one. Is there a reason that you still, I don't know, don't recommend Angular? Yeah, I think it's just the circle that I'm in. And I actually have never written Angular. So I don't feel confident in recommending something I haven't really written. And Vue too, I just did a little bit. But yeah, I think it's hard for me to feel confident in recommending stuff I'm not super confident that I've written and I'm confident. So I think, yeah, it's probably why I default to React. I didn't realize there's, are there really that many Angular jobs? I know they have their new version coming out. I think so. I'd have to go look at yeah. I don't know, one of the like Stack Overflow's state of the whatever dev ecosystem thing. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's one of those where for a long time, people have like not been wanting to be Angular devs, but there's still a lot of code out there that like needs written. I haven't used Angular in a long time either, so I can't really speak to like how nice it is to write Angular anymore. I'm sure there's people listening there like new Angular is great. Like people are just confused. So I, I don't have a, a super strong pulse, but I think historically anyway, that was the thing was always like there's tons of Angular jobs out there that people were yeah. just not wanting to write Angular, so they sat open. We touched on like TypeScript and its impact on React in particular. Is there something that you found in that relationship that you have found like very powerful or kind of leads you to recommending React in particular for TypeScript? Yeah, JSX with all the type completions or everything is like insane. So like just defining types for your props and then your components taking those props and just having all the autocomplete work properly. And then just having it like when you import a component, just having all the props that are like uh, not optional show up like that you have to fill in super useful for when you're it helps you not write as many bugs. So I think that's one of the biggest things I would recommend people learn TypeScript and React like yeah. concurrently. I just think it makes your life better in the long run. Yeah. As a person that kind of focus on this like more education adjacent space, I think I understand that recommendation. But part of me is also like it feels like another thing that people like would have to worry about new. And it's like a lot of times, even me having spun up 10 projects this year. And like, I know all the common pitfalls of TypeScript and stuff. I'll get some weird type error. I'm like, what is happening here? There's some weird package I'm importing has like some weird type declaration. I've got to like do a null check eight layers deep. And I don't know, something I didn't put together. Do you feel that at all? Like there are pitfalls with TypeScript that new devs might fall into. And if so, do you still think it's worth it despite some of those traps? Yeah, I get that because I was given the advice to learn TypeScript with React. And I'm not great at either of them <laughs> because it was just a lot to learn at the same time. Yeah. And for TypeScript, I don't feel like I'm advanced at all. I feel like I'm very like surface level. So I understand types and the type system and, oh, this should look like this object. Like I get that part of it. Right. I think that's like a pitfall is sometimes when you're learning two things at the same time, you don't go too in depth on something. And so when you get errors like this, or you're doing like interviews in TypeScript and you can't understand what's going on with the output message that you're getting. 
it's just it's stressful and i i get that right. but i don't think it happens enough and i think they're mostly googleable to like say that it's fine i just feel like there's more downfalls with just using javascript and then not knowing what's happening with your code when you're compiling it i think it's just better to get that in your ide than deal with all that so i would say like the trade-off yeah that's just in my opinion I feel like you have weird runtime errors that you're like trying to debug in the browser and those can also not be super easy to figure out. So there's a lot of ways that one could be doing React development now. You could be deploying just like a plain React app. It's not doing any fancy SSR stuff, like all the way to like these crazy hybrid cloud apps that automatically just deploy. How do you recommend people get into React development? Yeah, there's a lot, like you mentioned. I really like using V. V is like super easy, helps you set up everything. And it's Create React App with all those other dependencies that are mixed in with Create React App. And I really like it. And they have a really great website. It just outlines exactly what steps to do. That's probably what I'd recommend. Uh, Next.js is also really good too, just because the amount of resources that they have available. And I think like the dev docs for React kind of show what they recommend in terms of how to start with the React project too. Those are the two options that I've done the most. And yeah, next I usually pull in when I'm trying to do like server side things. <laughs> and then V is mostly for like fun websites that I just want to build that are like static mostly, not too much stuff going on there. Yeah. Are you usually just using like the CLIs for next when you're spinning up a project there and then you can just do a one line deploy? And... Yeah. Next has so much built into it too. And they have so many. So you could just learn so much there. So. Yeah, yeah. Again, I feel like that's another one, though, where it's, yeah. I don't know, five, ten years ago, the ecosystem was just not as, uh, there wasn't as many options. So there was like less of a burden of choice on new people to figure or even like experienced devs. I feel like even now I'm sitting down, I'm like trying to come up with just a systems architecture for like basic web app. And I'm like, I could do this, or I could like do this and this, or like this could be in a function that then could hand something off and deploy it. It's good. We have all these tools that make our lives easier. There is a bit of a burden, I think, in figuring out what the correct abstractions are a lot of the time yeah and, and like all this like data fetching stuff now do you do it on the server do you do it on your client like how much do you have on your server versus the client and all this where is your javascript like yeah like where is this even running do you have to have extra checks for all these things yeah yeah we've talked about that with lots of different guests and it's like i think that is a problem that people feel and i think a lot of the frameworks are trying to abstract that away but it's just hard because there are so many cases where it's like this does always need to happen on the server or this does need to always happen on the client. So yeah. we're not totally there yet, but I think it's getting better. It's hard. There's a trade-off between like really opinionated and not opinionated and you got to find the right balance for users too. So it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I guess overall, do you think that React's popularity as like a ratio of all front-end based work is going up or do you think it's going down? man, I have no idea. I don't even know how I would look at this, like the NPM downloads or something, but I think it's going up. I think there's more developers and I think a lot more new developers reach to things like React because of its big ecosystem mm -hmm. and the amount of resources available with it. So I think it's going up, but I think everything is also going up. So maybe like you want the ratio, right? The issue is I see a lot of people using other things. So I've seen like a lot of my friends go for things like Solid and go for things like Svelte. And they're also providing a lot of tools like Svelte Kit and things like that. But I don't know. We could go look at the like Stack Overflow state of Stack or whatever in 2022 and get some numbers. But I feel like even so, I was looking at those 
it's been a while. I need to go look again. But I'm pretty sure at the time, like the tools that devs were most excited about, like React was still the top one as a ratio. I'm sure it's probably decreased. But like, how does that translate to what people are using day to day? Who knows? It seems like there's still a lot of energy around React. Oh, yeah. And Dan's tweets all the time. <laughs> it's very, uh, the React server components, all that. So yeah. very like everyone working there is excited. I do think it begs the question. I feel like we are always asking, and maybe this is just a, something that's evolved out of this pattern that we're all used to people that have been in the space for a while of the cycle of front-end frameworks coming in and out of popularity and everyone i think is waiting like is that cycle going to continue here or is react gonna have enough i don't know momentum inertia when did it say good development practices happening around it where the cycle might break and we'll be getting into some new form of stability if you had to make a prediction there do you think that is the case or is something potentially going to eclipse react's popularity yeah it'd be really hard i think every big company that i've seen has used react or ruby on rails but like most of the time it's been react like because the amount of activation energy it requires for a company like discord to switch from react to another framework isn't yeah the amount of stuff that would have to be rewritten it's crazy how much time that would take so i can't imagine it eclipsing any of the old kind of not like legacy but like older code but maybe in the with the new startups coming out and different things like different companies spinning up maybe they use something else and maybe something overtakes but i don't see it happening anytime soon i mean react has meta behind mm-hmm. it which is a big company it gives it a lot of boost and it's not something open source that kind of needs I don't know. It, it has money, right? So that's, <laughs> I'm sure the other ones have money too, but there's money behind meta. And so mm-hmm. I see other frameworks also rising in popularity and kind of building like stuff around them. Like Svelte, I think is great. It's growing. And I think that's really fun, but I can't think of people using Svelte more than React right now. Do you think something will make it? I'm hesitant to predict. It's interesting, though, you bring up like Discord's massive code base in React. And I think that that calls back to my point before about like, there's a lot of Angular jobs that feel like this happened, right? Like there are huge Angular code bases. Devs need to maintain them. That's why this happens. But I have no, like, it's so hard to say. It feels like we're settling into a little more stability here. So I would have to say, I don't know if it'll always, React will always be the most popular, but I don't think we'll see these kind of spikes and dips with the cadence and the severity that we've seen historically. And that's about as far as I'm willing to. That's also, you know, the two opinions. But yeah, React also has React Native, for example, too, right? So that's huge. Discord uses React Native for the mobile app. So it's like, how do you go a step away from <laughs> React, the web app? It's a huge ask. I don't, I don't think it's unreasonable to say like there will be one eventually that it kind of is just the de facto. Like, I think that is a possible future. Anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or not. We could be totally wrong. But is there anything kind of in particular in React that you think makes it a little more sticky, gives it a little bit more staying power over the Angular of old or like just using jQuery? Like, because it's already had, I would say, like a longer timeline of success. Do you think that there's kind of anything in particular there? I can talk about what I might think would be because I'm not too sure about Angular or anything because I didn't work uh, with those. But React is a really cool, like they have RSCs, right, for anything new that they're announcing. And it's cool. You can see new features that they're planning on doing. And the people who work on React are very vocal about the changes and they talk online. They do podcasts, they do videos, all this. So there's like a lot of content around react and it feels like every week or every other week there's like new stuff that happens there's also a bunch of packages 
there's a bunch of meta frameworks built around something like React. So Next.js is all based in React. There's like Remix, all of that. They're like whole companies, right? For sales, like one of the big things is Next.js, right? That helps boost React's popularity and usage as well. Yeah, and a great community. I mean, there's so many like <laughs> Discord things specifically for React. There's React Summit. There's all these conferences for it. I didn't know how it was prior, but I think that's boosting React a lot. But I think those are the big things that are going to make it stick for a lot longer too. I mean, I think community and like willingness to evolve are like those are good enough reasons or as good a reasons as any. Yeah. Is there anything that you're either in that vein or more technically specific or really anywhere that you're hoping for in the future of React? Yeah, a couple of new updates that they're doing are super cool. React 18 has the batching stuff with mm. their like state updates, which is so sick. But that's awesome. It's like a good performance change or update because you don't want to re-render every time. So that's really cool. React server-side components are going to be really interesting. So I'm curious to see how that's going to work. I'm excited to try that out too. That'll probably help a lot with performance as well because you won't yeah. have too much JavaScript on the client. So that'll be great. Suspense is really cool. I use suspense for something concurrent mode. Um, oh, cool. yeah. A lot of cool new features that I think are going in the right direction. So that'll be fun. Is there anything else you're kind of just excited for more broadly, not in React in the future or coming up? Yeah. One of the things we mentioned in our talk is like FOMO driven development kind of thing, because there's so many different frameworks and stuff that are out and everyone's kind of like, once it's announced, you're like, I have to try it out and I have to use that for something and trying not to get too excited about it but then also it's fine to be excited about it it's like it's really cool how many opinions and different solutions there are for front-end development but it's also scary because it feels like i've been in the space for a while but it feels like i constantly have to keep learning and keep up to date with all of these things mm -hmm. and so sometimes it feels overwhelming but it's also really cool to see how many people are excited about it and want to offer like different solutions to things that already exist like today, just learning about how SolidWorks, I was like, this is kind of cool and wacky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd use this, but I want to like look through it more and see if it's something that I want to try out in the future. So I don't know. I'm feeling both of the extremes. It's stressing me out, but I'm also excited. So I tried to keep our talk to very, like I mentioned, not super one-sided to try and make it very how you should approach thinking about this. And I feel like people want me to say yes or no. So it was a little stressful. I think we said maybe in our talk. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, I think people are a little bit more nuanced in general. It, it feels less tribal than it did. I don't know. Again, like five years ago for better or worse, people just seem more like, hey, there's all this cool stuff. Everyone's working on it. It just seems like a more positive energy. So I think that yeah. it's felt cool. I feel like we covered a lot in 20 minutes or so there. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. It's been a pleasure. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's great talking with you always.